The Movie Hour, episode 200! Hey guys, it's Dale. Just uh, want to congratulate you on the 200th episode of The Movie Hour. Uh, it's been a privilege to be a part of uh, about a half dozen episodes, but uh, good props out to you guys. And here's a shot of crown and 200 more. Congrats, guys. Hey guys, it's Karen. Uh, congratulations on your 200th episode. I'm so proud of you guys. Never change. Jim, you will always be the quiz master. Gee, you know I love you. And Jeff, please stop watching all the indie movies. You need to watch the more mainstream stuff. Anyway, congrats and have a great day. Hey, it's Rogie. Congratulations on your 200th episode. Glad to see my brainchild is working so well. Okay, hello everyone. This is Mr. Joshua, the other Joshua. Uh, just wanted to say hello to all you Gungaites or Gunga Pitites or whatever they're called now. Congratulations on 200 podcasts, and I look forward to 200 more. Hi guys, it's Michelle. I uh, just wanted to call and say congratulations on your 200 episode. I'm very excited for you guys, and. Uh, Love the show, uh, favorite long-time listener, and uh, yeah, um, I just want to say you're great, and keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Welcome, everyone. A little story for uh, all the listeners here four years ago, me, Greg, uh, myself, and our numbers guy, Jeff, was uh, living out in Philadelphia. Between him and uh, my brother, James, we talked about spending some nonsense time together while putting it on the interwebs for anyone and everyone to enjoy, which is part of why you're here today. Uh, Today, we do bring you the 200th piece of this labor, the Bill Clinton Four More Years Movie Hour. Join me (laughs) once again, our James and Jeff. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. It's great. I'm I'm really enjoying this. It's been four years. Uh, I also want to thank all those people who uh, called in to wish us a a happy 200th. Yeah, it was Pretty yeah, cool. that was amazing. I, I cannot wipe the stupid grin off my face, how, <laughs> how cool that, that was. Uh, thank you, everybody, that, that called in. And thank you, everybody, that's listened over the uh, over the four years. It's unbelievable how much time has flied. Yeah, uh, yeah it doesn't seem flown, like four years at all. Um, yeah, no, I, um, it, it, it literally seems like it, like... I don't know, last summer that we were sitting down recording the uh, Gary Sinise fan club movie hour and like <laughs> trying to figure out how to work Skype and all that happy <laughs> shit. And uh, I don't know, like uh, I, I, I guess I want to thank, I, I want to get real uh, emotional here, but I want to thank Greg for, for continuing to put this, for starting this and continuing to put this together. Cause it's, it's a, it's a great, I mean, no matter how, how, like how good or bad the week is, this is always, you know, exactly average, and it really helps level me. <laughs> it's at least average, and it, and yeah. by the way, it's felt it's felt by it's probably felt at least like two and a half years. Two and a half years is what I'll say. It felt like yeah. not four, and actually, it's four and change really. Like our first uh, uh, September second, two thousand eight, was the first release uh, of our podcast. We had a, a lost episode in there somewhere. Uh, but, uh, the best episode. Yeah. The best episode. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, I should mention for those that didn't, that didn't, uh, match the voices in our intro, you heard a lot of our guest hosts and uh, friends of the show and, uh, a special thanks to all, all of them as well that they had mentioned. And, uh, we probably wouldn't have started this, uh, without those people or enjoyed as much doing it without those people too. And thank you guys for, uh, uh, being 
as part of it as well, obviously. And it's been a, it's been a blast. And uh, hopefully it'll continue being a blast. I uh, had some technical issues, had to fire a couple of interns. It's something I've dealt with throughout the years, these interns, but have a headset I'm working through here. But hopefully everything's uh, going well. We will not be doing uh, any High Hunters Highwood Hoopla, although there's a couple couple things to talk about, which I'm sure we'll be uh, addressing in the, in the coming days, coming weeks. Uh, and we're not going to do movie reviews really at all today. Jim saw... Uh, Raiders of the Last Ark for the hundredth time, eleventh uh, <laughs> time in the theater. Didn't they? Did they not release it in IMAX? Am I bring? Am I making that up? Did they like blow it up for IMAX, even though it's not an IMAX movie? You know, I think you were the one that told me IMAX, but it definitely wasn't an okay, IMAX. Okay, yeah. Like I thought they just blew up the fucking picture just to see if they could make it, like stretch it to the IMAX screen or something. Um, but apparently, I am uh, completely mistaken. Completely mistaken. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, Moving past uh, the celebration of the last four years, we want to talk a little bit about things things we've noticed, patterns uh, from the last four years. We've been talking a lot about movies, entertainment, um, talking about friends of the show, Joaquin Phoenix. We've seen him come and go. It's been and come back, and come again. Like it's it's amazing, and it's uh it's been uh it's been a very interesting four years, and we've got a couple a couple uh, comments and insights on it, and I guess James. We'll have you start, and we'll uh, we'll run from there. Is that cool? Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, I had lots of thoughts on on my topic, so I kind of wrote it down. So bear with me as I read them back to you. Hell yeah! Um, it's kind of an op-ed piece, so uh, yeah, here goes nothing. Uh, movies evolve. Ooh! They always have, and I imagine they always will. Whether it be from silent film to talkies, from black and white to color or from film to digital. In most cases, these changes are for the good. I accept these changes and even welcome them, but there has been a change brewing in film for the past four years that deeply troubles me. That change is called 3D. (laughs) (laughs) 3D films have been around forever, mostly as a gimmick used to show crazy things come off the screen. Uh, They were extremely popular in the 1950s horror films, God knows I copped a feel, or seven, when my best girl would jump in my lap trying to dodge the outreach claw of the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Wait, when when did you say you were? Because in the 50s, that was the 1950s when I was a young lad. Uh, yeah, and this whole thing is biographical, and I love it. <laughs> and as Back to the Future has shown us, 3D became so prominent in the 50s that street punks would even wear glasses as a part of their everyday outfits. 3D didn't last long. It died out due to the difficulty to produce such films. However, technology has advanced, and now it's a bit easier and less costly to make these films. 3D films popped up every now and again over the years, but the last four years have been especially fruitful. Since 1980, there have been 144 3D movies released in America. Anyone want to guess how many of those have come out in the last four years? 131. 90%. (laughs) Those are very good guesses, because it's 116. Jeez. 116 of the 100 last 144 3D films were released after September of 2008. I bet that, some of those were treated and brought in. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That uh, that's 80% of the 3D films of the last 32 years. That's more than a trend, ladies and gentlemen. That's a nuclear bomb going off right in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> An event so horrifying that it brings the mind, the friend of the show, Joaquin Phoenix, fake retiring from acting to become a heavily bearded comatose patient. Oh. Why is this so horrifying, you ask? Because 3D is a piece of shit genre. Sure, it's fine for the occasional gimmick movie. <laughs> 
3D allows you to be scared when an explosion sends debris right at your head. It allows you to be exhilarated when you're caught in the middle of a galactic laser gunfight. 3D will even allow Captain EO to virtually molest your children right in front of your eyes. <laughs> but hey, it's 3D. Don't forget about honey, I blew up the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but 3D, as we know, it has no place in standard cinema. The effects of 3D become more and more stale the more you flood the market with it. But yet the movie industry has decided to push it down our throats because it means more money for them. Some of the most popular directors of our time have taken a liking to the 3D format, starting with and championed by little Jimmy Cameron. Little Jimmy. He seemingly changed the movie landscape with his Smurf porn movie Avatar. (laughs) It grossed a gazillion dollars during its run. Apparently, Cameron used that money to build his underwater sea base. I think he lives in the North Atlantic, commuting with seahorses while pretending to be Aquaman. (laughs) (laughs) All that Avatar profit has put dollar signs in the eyes of Hollywood execs. They will greenlight anything for 3Ds these days. Don't be surprised to see Schindler's List in 3D at your neighborhood multiplex next summer. Jesus. (laughs) Other respected filmmakers have taken up the cause. Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese. And of course, George Lucas had to embrace the genre by getting his creative juices flowing in. Surprise! Re-releasing all the Star Wars films. Again! (laughs) Douche. (laughs) Disney is doing it too. One at a time, releasing their films in 3D and cashing in on the one of the main causes for 3D's success. Children. Kids want to see 3D movies. It's cool. It's fun to grab at things coming off the screen. They don't know any better, God bless their little hearts. But they must be stopped. (laughs) Kids are driving this industry. They're a package deal. Parents need to say no to 3D. Otherwise, the parents have to go to the movies. The kids go to the movies. And then Snot Nose Billy gets invited, too. And the next thing you know, you spend $117 for an hour and a half of entertainment and some 3D, three-day-old kernels of corn. Most of these filmmakers claim to like 3D not for its gimmicks, but for the depth that it adds to the picture. Therefore, increasing the realism and immersion into the world. And to some extent, I agree with that, but it's not ready. I saw Avatar in, three, in theaters and in 3D. I enjoyed the film. It was a simple story with some amazing visuals. It was fun. I remember watching the opening sequences on Pandora thinking, this is pretty cool, as they explored the jungle. <laughs> Fifteen min- minutes later, I totally forgot that I was watching 3D at all. Did w- watching Avatar enhance my experience in 3D? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But it didn't overcome the fact that I just got done watching a movie with a pair of bulky glasses on, as if I just watched a football game using binoculars the whole time. The glasses are distracting and a major problem for me and countless others. They say that technology is coming where we can do away with the 3D glasses, and 3D may be ready then. I will probably give it another chance if they develop and perfect the glasses-free 3D. It might be cool. It might even enhance the movie-going experience, but it's not ready now. 3D has become more of a deterrent to me than an incentive to go see a film. I purposely stay away from the 3D versions and opt for the normal 2D version, and I urge you to do the same. More and more movies are being released in 3D, and some are being released only a small amount of 2D screens. I don't want to live in a world where movies are released only in 3D. The good news is that there have been reports that this fad is fading. Some major releases have had their 3D versions contribute less to their box office grosses than films from the beginning of this boom. Hopefully this is a trend, and I urge moviegoers to avoid 3D wherever possible in order to end this reign of evil. It's okay to go to a 3D film for the gimmicks, because who doesn't want to see Dirk Diggler's penis waving in their face and Boogie Nights do the money shot? (laughs) But don't go see a normal, everyday movie presented in 3D because some director thinks it's the next step in filmmaking. I say wait for the good stuff. Let 3D pass us by until it's truly ready. And until then, let me be the first to say, 
Buy good 3D. Buy good. <laughs> <laughs> What's terrible about it, James, and the sad thing of the whole situation is that you're going to see 3D come and go at least five more times in your lifetime. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to come. It's gonna be right there with smell of vision, and it's gonna be a situation you're gonna have to deal with. Yeah, I'm I'm not looking forward to it, unless, like I said, they end up perfecting it and get rid of the glasses, and it really truly does just add depth without being this distracting thing on my face. But until then, yeah. I should I've seen one movie in 3D, and in uh, Greg, it was you and I. We went and saw that like Wes Craven horror. Yeah, the Devil shit. movie. We were just talking about that, the Wes yeah. Craven movie earlier. On. Yeah, it was it was unpleasant to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> then again, maybe it was just because it was a bad movie. Like I don't, I, I, I'm not interested. I guess, but I'm 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 an old not like Jim's an old man, but I'm an old man. Too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jim, that was I'm not going to be able to top that with with mine. <laughs> What's Really funny. What I think is a is also a new. I didn't do the research on it, but is a new uh, aspect of 3D is now that when movies come out, they're not even called just the movie. It's tr- like uh, for my example, Dread 3D was not right. as Dread. It's Dread 3D. Like that's yep. all it is. And you can go see it, but like you mentioned, I think there's like two showings at most places. That's 2D. And then there's ten showings. Yeah, they're literally just making. There aren't us go ten see showings it. of dread anywhere. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> or at least not one. anymore. Those numbers by two. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, I I I can see that in the last four years, definitely, it's it's blown up yeah. for sure. Th- those numbers amaze me. I just looked them out of curiosity, yes. doing research for the for the little piece. I'm like, oh, I'll see what the numbers are. I'm like, wow, that's as bad as I thought it might. Had you have cut off that first year, too, because Avatar was 2009, I'm sure had you have cut off 2008, the percentages yeah. would have been way worse. Like, yeah. it would have been even higher, because that's pretty much when the shit hit the fan. And the, um, I think the backlash from 3D TVs is even making more of an effect on 3D. Oh, yeah. Nobody's... Yeah. It, the people that are buying them aren't using them. Right, Nobody's exactly. Like, so I think that's sort of where the whole fight back is happening like okay we can make these 3d movies but we can't put the price of on them on the dvd blu-ray versions because they're not going to buy or pay extra for 3d on that end so it's kind right. of a, kind of an interesting well, good i hope it loses yeah. or gets better one of the two <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh jeff in the last four years have you noticed anything that uh that causes for question we uh we complain about it a lot uh, yeah, there, there's a dearth of new ideas in Hollywood, and um, it, it, in no place is this more prevalent than the unbelievable amount of reboots and remakes happening. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of absor- absorb sequels into some of my statistics too, because it makes them more powerful. Okay, um, <laughs> it makes. <laughs> So I, just a short list, a short list of of reboots, remakes uh, that have happened since we started. Just just since we started this podcast. Can we do them in song? Are you? I'm here? sorry, I haven't prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> um, Star Trek: Poseidon, Wolfman, Spider Man: The Day the Earth Stood Still, Total Recall, X Men: Born Legacy, Clash of the Titans. This year alone, two Snow White reboots. Both Mirror Mirror and Snow White and the Huntsman. Um, it, it, this isn't even, I haven't touched the horror genre yet. Uh, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the big three, if you will, have all been rebooted in the last four years. And don't forget Piranha, Last House on the Left, and a whole slew of Exorcist remakes, basically. Um, most of these came from something that was somewhat decent. They even remake garbage now, though. 
somebody had the idea to remake the taking of Pelham one, two, three. Hey, remember the original? Me neither. All right. <laughs> Jim. Walter Matthau. <laughs> got this. Um, all right. So Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, uh, last year, Planet of the Apes got resuscitated after the 2001 Tim Burton abortion. That didn't need to happen. <laughs> Footloose was terrible with Kevin Bacon. That's difficult. <laughs> but then they tried to remake it without him. All right. Fucking Tron. Fucking Judge. Fucking Dread. And they're not even done. Upcoming re- reboots, remakes. Red Dawn. Godzilla, that's that's actually happening. They're doing that again. <laughs> Evil Dead, they already made remade re- Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Uh, I'm not even going to go off on that one again. The Crow, Old Boy, RoboCop, Short Circuit, Man of Steel, Dirty Dancing. They're remaking all these movies. All right, so they're not just getting made these these reboots and remakes. They're not just getting made. They're getting made faster and becoming more popular. This is pandemic. Like, I mean, Jim's problem is seems to be receding. Mine is growing. So in 1999, and I picked 1999 randomly because that's when Fight Club and Being John Malkovich came out. And so well, so I guess it wasn't random. Yeah. But yeah, I thought about like, when, when is the year that I know that original movies came out? And actually Fight Club did top, uh, did top the box office for one week. John Malkovich, Being John Malkovich didn't touch it, but um so in 1999 reboots remakes and sequels so i'm counting sequels in this because my whole thrust is the dearth of new ideas right accounted for five movies uh, i'm sorry if if we're talking about the top movie of the week top grossing movie of the week it was five movies for 10 weeks star wars was four of those weeks star wars the phantom menace was four of those weeks so five movies topped the charts for 10 weeks Wow. Okay. If we're talking about yeah. reboots, remakes, and sequels. In 2011, 17 movies for 23 weeks. That's almost half your year. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, it, also, I would like to bring up that many of the other movies that did top it were adapted from like wildly successful books and comic books. Like, uh, I didn't count, count Captain America or Thor. Um, so that like, those aren't even those, I didn't count those as sequels or anything. I wouldn't say those would count either though. No, no, I, I'm just saying I didn't count them. Um, but like, keep in mind that like those, I mean, if you're thinking about new ideas, those aren't exactly them. Right. Um, But mostly everything gets transcribed from a novel or a story or really what? I think I'll think, <laughs> about, think about the movies you love, Greg. Think about, I'm going to deviate from script here. Think about the movies you love. Okay. And think about how probably at least half of them are 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 screenplays first. Okay. I mean, would you agree? I would say it's probably close to half for both. Yeah. Okay. So so half. All right. Yep. So any all right. Anyway, point, not not uh, an interesting point here is that a huge portion of the non reboot uh, slash sequel movies are kids movies. Um, like you know, Brave, uh, Hop was big. Rango got a week. You know, like the, the so kids apparently are the only ones with any imagination these days, which is interesting. Take from that what you will. Um, I want to get into for a minute what this says. Like, what what does this tell us about where the, where the American uh, movie is 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 coming? I'm from? I'm raising my hand. <laughs> yeah, you, you, would you would you like to add something here? I was I was just gonna say that I think it means that we're heading towards something bad. Um, well, I I don't think I I, I didn't I, I'm not really projecting towards the future. I'm really focused on the uh, on the present. Okay, right now. okay, what, go ahead. Um, but uh, 
Greg, I understand. Actually, you know what? Before I even get into this, I understand you have something to say about sequels. Well, so I'm, I'm, you... yeah, I was going to say when you were talking about the numbers, which I, I know you're the numbers guy, but I had cooked up a couple numbers myself. And I was going through the last four years. Then, you know, we've been starting the podcast in 2008. And I went through not by weeks, but I looked at the top 10 grossing movies for the last four years. And in those four years, out of the top 10 grossing movies, 55% of those were sequels. And I didn't even include remakes. So if we were to combine forces, it's got to be something like 70% of the top 10 grossing movies in the last four years are all remakes and sequels. Oh, yeah. And, it's, I mean, it's crazy. And to, like, you picked 1999. I went four years farther back. And for the top 10, in terms of sequels, 40% of that roster were sequels. So it's it's escalating which is the is an important thing and uh important thing to note anyways which is still really disgusting 40 percent is bad 55 percent is worse and it'll be uh interesting to see what happens down the line like i i don't think the 3d things also this is all intertwined people like this is a situation where uh people see that box and office numbers can be skewed by 3d tickets imax is another issue but it at least is somewhat cool compared to 3d and uh, now we've got remakes where everybody wants to see their favorite childhood hero remade into some other new person, and their kids want to see it too. And we just end up paying more and more money for stupid shit. And that's all I wanted to say. Not not as not as a fiery of an argument as uh, James's, but I think uh, I think Jeff, I think you uh, hit it right in the head with uh, these remakes are a lot of regurgitated uh, ideas that are riding on coattails of people that made much better movies. Yes, I mean, and this is if if I could, this transitions into what what this says. What, what where are we right now? So the obvious answer, what what's causing this? What does this say about about America right now? And the obvious answer is that Hollywood's out of ideas. That most people that they're they're pitching up, you know, used up crap with more special effects, so that maybe the viewers will forget that they saw the same goddamn movie twenty, ten, five years ago. And except last time, it was probably better uh, because we were kids usually like uh, for instance total recall uh we were kids when we saw them and even though the plot was silly at least it was original to us um and it also it tells us that the people who get movies made have no guts whatsoever and are so scared of posting a lost that they're just gonna bet on the safe bet every time that they put their resources into this recycled schlock and underfunding they underfund movies with new ideas new plots new voices etc and that is if the underfunded movies get uh you know produced Made at all. all so yeah. so it's not just that like these huge movies are are that they're doing so well it's that every every time there's more production into these or more advertising into these it's advertising that's being taken from movies that might have because they're getting made um we just don't or they're they they're getting written um at least we just might not have any idea um also though it's not just hollywood it says something about the movie viewing public and you know so we live in a capitalist society and as much as you can blame McDonald's for making fatty burgers and you can blame Visa for preying on uneducated customers. They couldn't do that without the fat asses who buy the burgers and the wannabe rich who live beyond their means. Okay. Like you got to blame the people that consume this also. Right. So production companies would not be able to keep making the same damn movies if people didn't want to go see Pirates of the Caribbean again or whatever. Right. So you blame yourself. I, I mean, I, <laughs> uh, 
Listen, oh. I, I go I, and I watch recycled crap at least as much as I watch other movies. Um, and it's doubly pathetic for me compared to you guys because I live literally walking distance from two art house theaters. And I, I very rarely go there and see one. Like, And that's that's a shame. I mean, I'm on a movie podcast. I have a, I have a responsibility to my public. Which brings me to my next point. Blame the media. Also, because the new the new idea movies like the the movies that are kind of off the beaten path, they don't get a lot of press. Right. Then, yeah. And they don't have the glamorous stars. They don't have, you know, the the big budget. They don't have the the toy that people played with when they were a kid in it. Um, But these remakes and these sequels, they pull huge media attention. And from large media outlets, uh, they, you know, that you, you see it on like the night news, all that stuff, but also they get it from these smaller, like the, you know, rotten tomatoes, all that stuff. They even get it from places like us. So blame us. No. So (laughs) as, as I am, as I am looking through, Cut him off through this list. (laughs) Cut him off. Cut his mic. As as I'm looking through this list, I am thinking about how much time we have we have not consciously, but how much time we have dedicated to talking about. We talked more about probably the new Total Recall than we did about Moonrise Kingdom. That's fucked up. Uh, like, I don't think it's true, but go on. Well, okay, fine, but the point stands. You see what I'm saying? You weren't so, here for my Moonrise Kingdom episode. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just, I mean, it's just a shame, and uh, and I think that we have, you know, we have our weekly hour dedicated to movies, and we 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 spend, and you know, myself, I'm, we spend more time talking about this recycled schlock, and I'm talking about it now, yep. than we do talking about interesting and new movies. And I'm supposed to see the movie Snob here. I mean, Karen called me out for it in the, uh, <laughs> in the thing, right? So, like, so in conclusion, to my gripe. Fuck the people who make movies. Fuck the people who see them. <laughs> fuck me and fuck us. <laughs> we are we're risk averse. We're scared of new things, and we're frightened. We're, we're we're frightened, and we are doomed. Um, I hope to see that in the New York Times tomorrow in the opposite <laughs> section. That was fantastic. I but uh, there's good news. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Practice makes perfect. Okay. There have not been a lot of new ideas in the spotlight. So Hollywood's getting pretty good at the old ones, I have to say. Specifically, with very few exceptions, the best superhero movies ever have come out in the past four years. And I don't mean that every superhero movie in the last four years was good. Uh, Like, literally, my mind shuts down when I try and figure out who greenlighted or how... I don't even know the Captain America screenplay. Like, I just don't get it. Uh, (laughs) Like who said that that was a good idea, but you got movies like the dark Knight, the Avengers, the Iron Man movies, uh, kick-ass and even, you know, fuck it. I don't care. The Watchmen. Uh, these were, these were pretty good movies, right? And the pessimist to me chalks this, you know, these good superhero movies up to just, you know, like basically a ton of shit has been thrown at the wall and some of it stuck. Right. I mean, you've got Green Lantern, Green Hornet. Holy shit, you've got Ghost Rider, The Incredible Hulk, Ghost Rider most two. of the X-Men movies. <laughs> um and at least two thirds of the Thor movie. And those movies sucked. I mean, like it it just not not good. Uh but there there there's more 
out there. To, like there, there's more out there, and there's more to be said. There, there, my pessimism has actually been, for once, defeated here. Uh, in the past four years, we have seen a more self, like more self awareness in this genre. Right? We've seen movies like Kick Ass and Hancock, uh, not that lauded. Like these movies are not so you know nobody says they're their favorite or anything. Right. But. Um, but these movies, they sort of, in a way, like lampoon the superhero sham, uh, uh, cliches. But they're also like offering a new viewpoint. Um, they, they, they may have, um, and by by doing this, I think they have opened up doors for the, for these better and less campy superhero movies. I, I, I really like. They're going to be remaking the superhero uh, Superman movie again. And I just don't think there's space for Superman in today's superhero hero movie, at least in his current form. Like. It's just too campy. He, he's right. It, he's pure good. He's pure right. good superhero. Right. Yeah. And and I don't I don't think any. And I think that's a good thing that people want more out of a superhero now. I think that you know we we've got uh we've got these more gritty uh movies that that have given us this new expectation. Like we've got the uh, the Watchmen and Batman. These new Batman movies that have given us a, a you know it's a darker and more emotionally engaging superhero archetype. I would say. Right. Um. And I like what's happening with superhero movies, and um. You know, it gives me hope for the future. I guess. <laughs> I uh. Silver lining. A lot of things. A lot of things got passed up. The one thing I do want to mention, going back to Superman being like a pure good thing. I think the dynamic that Superman has that a lot of other superheroes don't have is. The question of what is to be human it's more of like the robot ai situation where kill bill yeah well yeah like like kill bill um where you have he's essentially an alien that doesn't belong but wants to help and has problems and issues with that and has to figure out uh where he belongs and that's uh that's in a lot of the superhero uh dynamic but not not all of them and that's one of the aspects i think superman has to deal with a lot but yeah it's the last few years like we've seen some things and getting back to the original idea and you're talking about like the different superhero i know we've talked about recently the uh the cabin of the woods movie which by the way just got recently released on uh, dvd and blu-ray like a week two weeks ago two weeks ago um and uh just where cabin of the where you know dark knight or uh kick ass is more making fun of itself maybe a little bit over the top but also has a self-referential right right exactly a self-referencing movie where cabin in the woods is sort of a self-referencing horror where those are superhero movies but um a lot of different levels to it and make you think a little bit when a movie comes out and doesn't expect you to be a complete idiot it's fun like it's when uh you do want to go see a jurassic park once in a while and see something where you can just listen to the music and watch giant things chase people wow he smashed that thing and ate the lawyer Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but there are there are amazing things to look out as well, like a Cabin of the Woods, not only story, but moving to uh, uh, something where it's, uh, I guess, beyond story, Paranorman I was talking about before, uh, these are th- things recently, I'm sort of working backwards, um, was a movie that technically, not 3D, is just fucking amazing in terms of stop motion, and I still recommend anybody that hasn't seen it go check it out, like it didn't make a ton of money. It was more of a kid's movie, but it's, yeah. it's Halloween. It's probably still out in theaters some places, but uh, hopefully it might be released by DVD. That, that is going to be the best choice or the best option, I think, for fresh ideas, too, because 
people figure that they can throw anything at kids because they have these wild ma- imaginations and you can just be as crazy as you want to with right. the storyline and it doesn't Those matter. Those are, I mean, I, it, it kept coming out. Like, as I was I, I was going through and, like, taking count of how many, and, like, the, like, I was trying to get as many remakes as possible and these kids' movies kept fucking me up because, yeah. like, every kids' movie is a new, like, or yep. not everyone. I mean, there was, like, Cars 2 and all that like, shit. Like, shows like, are the same way. I was talking to, uh, our, our, you know, frequent co-host Karen Josh and their kids, you know, used to watch all these whacked out things like Yo Gabba Gabba is like a messed up thing, I guess, and just weird ass shit going on in these shows. So it's just, yeah, they'll throw anything at kids and the kids will watch them. And the kids will watch, they'll gobble that shit up. Duly noted. Uh... Yeah, there, there are other things though, like, <laughs> got, a, got a live listener too making comments. Hilarious. Hilarious, buddy. He's back off, Josh. Uh, <laughs> stick around, I'm kidding. Uh, but past Paranorman, past Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> uh, I know I talked about in the last four years, uh, I think North Face was about a year ago now. And Jeff, I, you still need to watch this, A, because it's German and you can listen to German, which I know you love. And it turns you on on so many levels. But um, uh, just, just two. Yeah, just, just two. <laughs> um, it was uh, a movie that was uh, – created in Germany, in German, released in uh, the U.S. 2010. I think it was 2008 when it was released. But just a different look at, you know, Nazis being possibly, you know, terrible people historically. And a story about Germans who have, you know, national pride before World War II completely broke out um, and trying to figure out, you know, where they belong and things they want to do to accomplish as Germans and it's just a story about these climbers going up a going up a mountain, but it's amazing the way it's put together, and it's like this is based on a book, which was also fantastic. Sure, I mean things, great movies can like I, I mentioned Fight Club being one of right. my like original movies, of course based on a based on a book. Like great things can be based on books, no doubt about it. Right, um, and I just wanted to point out that this just in terms of movies that may have been unrecognized in the last four years, that's one that uh, in terms of foreign films, Jim, I think you I know you have your ten percent discount, but you should check it out too um and the only other thing i want to mention i know anyone that's been a long listener of the show live listeners uh included would know that i've been talking about a lot of animated movies recently and i guess paranormal being one of them Coraline was also made by the same people that paranormal did same studio um but i recently discovered in the last couple years Hayao miyazaki who's been you know doing work since the 70s but i hadn't known anything about him um and ended up watching pretty much any all the movies he had uh, directed as the as uh, at Studio Ghibli and now the head of, um, and uh, and has been the head of. But I would strongly suggest anybody that's kind of worried about catching animated movies as like even as an adult who doesn't have kids, like go back and check these things out. Like a lot of them have um, not a Disney feel, but just their stories about you know basic predicaments, coming of age stories, stuff like that. That either your kids are gonna love, which all of these are pretty much dubbed in English at this point. Or uh, I think you would enjoy too. So things, uh, there are things out there, even if they aren't in the last four years, that you might not have looked at yet that you should check yeah. out if you're worried I'm, about movies. I'm not quite done with that collection yet, but I've been pretty happy with the results for the ones I have seen. What was the last one you saw? The most recent? Um, it's a great question. Like I, I know you had Howl's Moving Castle. Castle I watched Scott. that one on the on the plane, but that was a, a rerun for me. Right. I watched something more recently. Right. No worries, no worries. So yeah, what what did you have any uh, bonus points to uh, the last four years, Jim, or is it all negative? Uh, it's all negative for me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's fantastic. I, well, there are positive things that you're bringing to the table, though. Like we have, 
in the last four years, we've learned a, learned a lot of things, and we have a couple special things for you guys, the listeners, and for ourselves. It's going to be a little bit of a battle here. Uh, James, do you have the this quiz put together? This uh... Uh, yes, I do. All right. So what what's exactly going on here? It's kind of a mystery. Yeah. So um, basically, um, I figured you know we've been doing this for four years, and you know you and Jeff have known each other for years beyond that, but uh, you know I figured I would throw some questions your way kind of a la the i believe it was the newlywed game where i will ask a question and you guys have to predict what each other's answers are going to be okay so and they will be you know podcast or movie related <laughs> so i don't know uh who who wants to go first here as far as uh, who wants to answer i do i do <laughs> you, you want to answer the question all right so i will i will read the question and then i will say what uh greg has has chosen for you. And, and you know, then you I get to say what I think Greg chose? No, you'll say what you right. you actually chose, and then we'll do oh. it the other way. Oh, right. Right. let me pull up my email. Right. So watch, <laughs> yeah, you have your answer, your uh, previously written answer, decided answer, and I'm guessing it, and you get to right. laugh at my face when you say, no, I picked Battleship, idiot. Yes. And like, feel free after I read your, your prediction to back up your prediction with you know information. So, all right. So, yes, for the very first question, I chose something pretty basic, uh, something you may already have known from before the podcast, but uh, it is simply, what is your favorite film? And according to my answers here, it looks like Greg predicted for Jeff that his answer would be Rushmore. It's got to be true. It's got to be true. Jeffrey, would you like to... uh... Hold on. I did this totally wrong. That's awful. I'm so sorry. I answered what I thought Greg would say. I thought I would say what I was going to say. And then, oh, God, I fucked up royally here. <laughs> so on the fly, what is your favorite film then? <laughs> Rushmore. <laughs> See, you're just trying to get around the answer. That's the issue. You just... No, I fucked up royally. I I said what I thought your favorite film was going to. I like I wrote down. I sent Jim the thing. I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> yeah you had two lists two lists which you're no problem you you go through that i got my first answer i we're, we know each other on the yeah. what your favorite film is and so did you guess what mine was jeff yes he he did actually uh his answer or prediction i should say for you was the empire strikes back <laughs> that's completely off jeff come on you know me better than that i don't do favorites that's i don't have an answer for that that's an impossible question I, I that's well that's why it is an impossible question because you're you're very difficult to pin down and I was like well you know what's a a, a one in a thousand guess well right. Greg might say The Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is a fantastic movie and if I were to pick a favorite it would be considered so I guess I'm sorry I don't mean that's to. As, that's I figured as right as I was gonna be I, I I guess no answer isn't something I wanted to write down we yeah, can, we yeah. Can, although I should have we can still date after this it's fine. All right, so uh, second question. I figure we'll reverse the order for this one. I'll uh, read the question and get uh, Jeff's prediction for Greg, and he can answer it first this time. Okay, let's do it. All right, so second question. If you had to buy one and just one, which theater concession would you buy? Jeff's prediction for Greg was Sour Patch Kids. Oh, that's a great answer. I didn't pick it. Fuck. Uh, But is it right? No, I picked (laughs) it. I picked popcorn. Oh, I picked popcorn. I really? know. 
I know it's plain, but if I'm just going to get one thing, it's probably popcorn. If I get two things, it's popcorn and Sour Patch Kids. <sighs> That's right. the problem. That's the problem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So same question. We should get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and same question that Jeff and Greg predicted. Popcorn. <laughs> I hope it's Sour Patch Kids. get along on this. Greg, I don't like popcorn. <laughs> I never get popcorn. I feel terrible. Reese's Pieces. That was actually a consideration, but I said Swedish Fish. Swedish Fish. The the cousin of the Sour Patch Kid. Like, we, we, we still belong together. On a, on a... <laughs> Tell yourself whatever you need to hear. All right. Uh, third question, uh, going back to Jeff. Um, it is... Who is your favorite friend of the show? Greg has predicted for you, Joaquin Phoenix. He's the only friend of the show. Come on. <laughs> but it comes right down to it. Yes, and of course I said Joaquin. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, by the way, on the master, uh, Joaquin. That's doing fantastic. And uh, Nice job. Nice job. You keep up the good work. A lot of good reviews. You didn't get that Oscar for uh, that documentary thing you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so same question to Greg, and Jeff has uh, made his prediction, and he wrote it out phonetically for me. I'll just try and pronounce it here. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. That's absolutely correct. He's the number one friend of the show, really. Like after you, when you, I'm not a fan of lists, as everyone knows, but if you were to create a list, there would be everybody, and then there would be another list on top of that with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg, you were the only one that I thought might stray from that. I thought you might go with Gary Sinise because he was the first. Yep. Or maybe Ed Harris because he's your boy. Yep. But, yep. but you stuck with Joaquin? I did have Ed Harris typed at a point, by the way, but I deleted it. Nice. nice. All right. Well, that's what computers do. You can delete. <laughs> Question four to Greg. What actor will pretty much deter you from seeing any movie that he or she is in? <laughs> deter. Okay. I didn't read the deter part. I read it too <laughs> fast. I suck. By the way, I fucked up the, the answer to it, too. We should skip this question. <laughs> okay, we will skip this question. Can we change the question? Can we change the question so it means what actor will make you see that? Because that's uh, how I answered it. Yeah, I noticed that by reading your answer. <laughs> oh, this is uh, great. Um, yeah, it's up to you guys. You want me to keep going, then? Let's go to the next question. All right, next question. Because I fucked it up, too. All right. So what unclaimed actor would you like to claim as your boy or girl for the show? Uh, Jeff has predicted for you, If he Greg, this, I'll be amazed. Ralph Macchio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I did not pick Ralph. Uh, RM is a good friend of mine, but I did not go, go with Ralph. And he'll be a friend of the show forever. But um, I claimed as uh, my boy a possible that hasn't been claimed yet that I know of is Peter Dinklage. Peter, oh, that's a good go. one. Peter Dinklage is awesome. He's completely badass. He's representing Game of Thrones recently. And uh, yeah, he does. He deserves to be a front of the show. But since he's not, he can at least be my boy. All right, Jeff, same question to you. And uh, Greg has predicted your answer would be Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a bad guess. But I said Sam Rockwell. Ooh. Sam Rockwell isn't somebody's boy already. I'd be shocked. What? I actually don't think he is, actually. Yeah, Sam Rockwell, then, is a fucking fantastic answer. I was Mine now. I was running under the <laughs> assumption that he was not, or he was claimed already. I'm sorry. All right. I so definitely next, didn't claim him. But. Uh, next question uh, for Jeff. Uh, what's your favorite movie that has come out in the past four years? And Greg has predicted for you, 
Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, I actually thought about Cabin in the Woods. I really liked Cabin in the Woods, but I said Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, that's a great oh, answer. Yeah. Uh, Both of them came out this year, though. Uh, no. Very recent. I have a yeah. short memory or shit came out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good answer. I've got a good All right. One. So, Greg, uh, Jeff has predicted for you the Avengers. All right. Um, no, I didn't pick the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> but I did pick something along that same lines. Uh, 2008 was Dark Knight. I picked Dark Knight. So, yeah, okay. that's that's a good answer. Yeah, Shit. Moonrise Kingdom is a good answer too. I we can agree on that, Jeff. We can agree on that, which is something something to be said. All right. So next question <laughs> for Greg: Who is your current Hollywood crush? And Jeff has predicted for you Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is hot, uh, but I uh, like we recently did a, a PPA, like not recently, but probably like five months ago and i stuck with stuck with that answer uh kate back in sales my current hollywood crush still huh wow i know i know i i'm usually jumping around well, with the wrinkles and everything <laughs> she's Those have been filled she's in getting a little old but she's uh she's i almost said uh i almost said a lot of older people i was thinking about saying like let's see well you'll see my answer for you soon but all right um, so elizabeth shoe anybody like that's a great <laughs> answer yeah. houston right all right so uh Jeff, same question, and Greg has predicted for you. Lucy Liu. <laughs> what? <Thanks. laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a lot of laughs from the live listeners. <laughs> uh, well, who'd you pick? <laughs> said Olivia Wilde, I guess. I think I'm kind of over Olivia Wilde, but you know. Which <laughs> Olivia, Olivia Wilde was recently on The Daily Show, and I must admit, she's a lot smarter than I thought. I thought she'd be a dick. She's just English. Olivia Wilde's what? English? I, don't know I thought she was English. She's not English. She's less hot to him. Next question. Final question. All right. Final question. This one's for Jeff first. What has been your favorite Parker Posey play along question so far? And Greg has predicted, as I scroll down, he picked the ice cream question. And naturally, I did. Of course. <laughs> nice. What was your answer to the ice cream question? Ice cream flavor question. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what his answer was. Ha 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 ha! It was a perfectly honest question. I, <laughs> Hysterical laugh. Yeah. So we, I understand Jeff. I understand Jeff on that that side. So I guess. Uh, All right. So same question to you, Greg. And Jeff's uh, prediction was, who was your favorite person who has died in the film? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, that was the first one, wasn't it? We, we made. It was pretty close. I don't know if it was. So he picked one that was really early on. That I like, I didn't think you'd guess it. It would be tough, but and I think it was my own question. I asked, uh, uh, what was your favorite creature created for uh, creature? Just out of I thought, I thought between that one and weapon, those were those were two really good yeah, ones. Yeah, and uh, the favorite creature one was uh, uh, I, I'm trying to I don't remember what other everyone answers were. I definitely picked the rock biter from Neverending Story, which I think was the whole inspiration for the question. But uh, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. They so like we big. didn't even, like nail. Are we like twenty percent compatible? Because uh, like my your your counselor says you should not continue with this relationship. <laughs> <laughs>
We'll work on it. We'll go to yes. we'll work on it. We'll go to you know. Might need four more years, but uh, yeah. Yeah, a little more four more years to get it back together. We can do that. And the fact that neither one of us got like understood the the fourth question <laughs> that <to> do with <laughs> something. <laughs> That's true. You both butchered a question. <laughs> the same question. That's got to be worth something. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, cool. So uh, that was that was fun, and we've got more quiz like things to go through. And I I feel. Jim, you weren't here for this, and I know you listened to it, and I, I, we had talked about it a little bit. The, the ultimate movie quiz uh, happened uh, four weeks ago, but like many ultimate things, there is another ultimate movie quiz today. Today, I've put together, or at least the last week, I've put together an ultimate movie quiz for you guys now that you're back, and we're going to do the, uh, the ultimate movie quiz time. Um, it's going to be a uh, series of rounds where there will be the first ultimate movie quiz round, the second, and then the third, and you have to get a uh, certain amount of points to win. And we'll see who comes, uh, who ends up on top. It's a team effort, but we're going to see if you actually guys beat it and succeed. And I'll try to help a little bit when I can, but you guys need to do most of it on your own because if I help too much, everything goes to shit. So we got to make sure we work through that. Uh, we can thank the British for a great many things. Kate Beckinsale, one of my answers for the newly everything. Uh, other hot chicks and uh, and hot British accents, just to name a few things that the British do for us. But they've also raised actors to an extra level of badassery by giving them a knighthood. Name as many of these actors, not actresses, as you can for one point each. You got two minutes. Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, Sir Ian McKellen. Yep. Uh, Sir Sean Connery, um, <laughs> Daniel Craig, um, Pierce Brosnan. I'll go with all the Bond people. Patrick um, Stewart. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Not bad. Roger Moore. Roger um, Moore. Yeah. Yeah. B. <laughs> Timothy Dalton, <laughs> just in case. you got to give me last names because if I don't have last names, I can't find them. Lazenby is last... his last name. George Lazenby. What's amazing is Dalton is on here. That's surprising. Um, Lazenby's not on here. Uh, let's see. Um, who else? Well, a couple older ones. Yeah. Um, Sir yeah, Lawrence Olivier. Sir Alec Guinness. Lawrence Olivier, yep. Alec, Alec Guinness. Guinness. Yep. Good uh, one, uh, Alec Guinness. The old timers. Uh, Peter O'Toole. Uh, I don't even know if he was British. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Definitely not. <laughs> Um, well, uh, friends of the show haven't been named, or at least two. Um, friends of the show, Sir Joaquin Tom Selleck's mustache. Um, <laughs> no, Nelson's forehead. <laughs> um, uh, I think a little bit more theater. Theater. Sir Hugh Jackman. <laughs> nope. He's a giant, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Greg, why, why, why are you telling me? He's <laughs> why are you telling me to guess him? <laughs> um, man. Guy played an important role in trilogy in a trilogy recently. Sir Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen. I thought Greg already said that. All right, all right. Time, time. I was trying to say Ian Home, um, but before that, you also missed uh, Kenneth Branagh. You missed. Uh, Michael Gambone. Oh, Michael Gambone. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
answers that were correct. Only uh, seven. I felt like I got like twelve at least. Patrick Stewart, I missed eight. Eight answers. Um, but no, not twelve. Um, there were a lot of Bond shoutouts that did not pan out. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight for your first round. I expected ten, but that's okay. You guys are a little behind the ball. But we're gonna we're gonna move forward with the second question of round two. Another quick fire, and these ones are actually worth two points each. And I felt like it wouldn't be fair if I didn't do the ladies. So we're looking for dames that are actresses, obviously. Ready, go. You've got a short shortened clock this time. Go for it. Judy Dench. Boom. Maggie Smith. Um. Maggie Smith and Judy Dench. You got it. Um. Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> um. What's her face? Brandon's ex-wife that was also in the Potter movies. Uh, Better get it. Oh yeah, yeah. she plays the, the her name. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, not in here. Okay. Um, Jesus. I uh, uh, two more. Why not? Kate Be- Beckinsale. No. Nope. Um. Yeah, Judy Dench and Maggie Smith missing a couple big dogs. <laughs> By big dogs, do you mean that unattractive <laughs> women? <laughs> Um, kind of looks like a man and played a man recently, or at least. Ooh, Kate. Um, Kate. <laughs> Kate Blanchett. No. Glenn Close. <laughs> no, but I still I think Glenn Close looks a lot like this person. Maybe not. Oh, uh, like like this person who played a man recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm being really I'm being really mean. Not not the sake of. I know Josh Dill, Josh Dill knows. Put him on the show. <laughs> Um. Wow. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on more English actresses. Wait more seconds. Think old school. Think Jeff's favorite childhood movie. Think, um, Dame Ernest. <laughs> oh, um, no, 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 the the um the, the Mary Poppins lady, Julia Andrews. Julia Andrews. Congratulations. One more. I thought you were gonna get ten seconds. Back to the girl yeah. that kind of looks like maybe a guy. Maybe it was going close. That played the guy, and I'm just mixing him up. Albert Hobbs. Most played the guy. I'm over. Uh, Helen Mirren is, is uh, I thought. Oh, damn, oh. Helen Mirren. Yeah. Helen the body Mirren. <laughs> Helen the body. All right, you only got six. I was expecting eight. Uh, there were a lot of that many. Awesome. I'm starting to disappoint. Or did we get six points? On this, our two hundred. There were two points each. There were two points each. You got six points total. Okay. That, that um, sounds more right. Yeah, there were a lot of names. <laughs> a lot of names on both of these lists that I didn't know, but this was the rocket fire round, and it kind of still is. So we're gonna go with it. Uh, this is the last question of round one of the ultimate movie quiz. You guys are behind the ball. Let's do this. I do want to mention, as we talked before. A little bit about uh, what it is to be human. Uh, robots, artificial intelligence, help us as a tool in movies to like important you know, realizations of what it is to be human. And uh, I got this one. My question to you guys is: How many of the most famous artificial creatures can you call by name? How many robots, AI devices that are used in movies can you name that are famous? I would say. So go ahead. You have two minutes. Hal. Hal's Data. Good. Data. In here at, you got it, two. So there's a ranking that we're trying to guess, too? No, it's just, uh, Kit, I've just got a list. Kit from Knight Rider. They made <laughs> that new movie, didn't they? No. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember anybody <laughs> from iRobot. That's from movies. What's that? We're looking for robots or an artificial intelligence thing from movies, and that's... R2-D2, C-3PO. There you go, there you go. R5-D4. R5-D4 did not make the cut. IG-88. <laughs> 2-1-B. Uh, God he, was, he was the medical droid. 
<laughs> Nerd! They're wasting time! Um, uh, Robot. yeah, Robots. Um, uh, Mecha Godzilla. Um, oh, there you go. You're thinking. Got it. Uh, that was one? Wow. Um, um, I've got a top 50 list here. You can name a lot. I don't know the iRobot guy's name. Um, there are a lot of other names to guess, too. So. Uh, um, Blade Runner. Blade yeah, Runner. a replicant. <laughs> I'll count it. I'll count it. For... Um, the chick from Tron. His name, Olivia Wilde. His name was Roy Batty. Chip. And um, the one from Alien. What was his name? Ian Holmes. Lance Henderson. No, that was Bishop. I'm looking for the original guy. Oh, what was his name? <laughs> God damn it. Why am I drawing a like? Oh, Alien also starts with an A. Oh my god, you guys are choking so hard. No. I'm, I'm terrible at the old Animated movies. Um, Wally. Acronyms. Wally. Have a Whopper. Yeah, uh, there you go, there you go. Uh, um, Johnny Five. Johnny Five, there you go. Get Daryl, Daryl's in there, right? Daryl's in here. Um, the Terminator. There you go. What, we need more specifics on the Terminator. T-1000. 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 There you go. You guys are thinking. Um, couple, another animated. IG-88. IG-88. Call that one already. That was part of my nerd <laughs> out. 15 seconds. Um, I already said Wally. What other animated ones are there? The Iron Giant. Boom. Nice. Five. All right, all right. You missed it. So, Bicentennial Man. What'd you say? <laughs> Bicentennial Man. <laughs> Make the cut. Seven, eight. Right, Buddy from AI. Seven, twelve. Twelve points. Twelve answers. All right. So, yep. j- just to throw some things out there that you missed that were kind of uh. Sam and Maximilian from the black hole. Uh, yes. Black Hole was on here for sure. Maximilian was on there. Um, you didn't say Optimus Prime. Uh, <laughs> did not say Ash from Alien. Ash, god damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you did not get that. There were a couple older ones. Uh, Max from Flight of the Navigator. Uh, Skynet was also technically on there. Tron from Tron. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, the Seiko robot from Rocky Four, which I know Josh Dill would have answered. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a couple a lot of others too there was wicks when i needed them but yeah so you actually sorry you got 13 i counted that wrong so round one you got a whole total of 27 points i'll throw out a throw out the number right now you guys need to get 75 total so you got 27 in the first round we'll see how you guys do in round two next up Two of the ultimate movie quiz. Jeff and Jim, our heroes, have 27 points. They need to get to 75, and we are in round two, so obviously things get a little hard. How many rounds are there? Like seven? Pacific. Uh, there are three rounds of movie quiz. So oh my god, things get serious. So is it evenly divided point wise? Uh, 
no. You could have. All right. Way That's more. probably not good then. How do you? How have you have gone through a ton of the numbers on uh, the last number one? You probably could have ran the ran the board, but um, this isn't Family Feud. Uh, but I am not gonna. I am gonna be doubling the points for this at least in terms of a part of it. Anyhow, uh, the Oscars has been a target for our hatred for quite a while now, and uh, congratulations by the way, Oscars uh, for landing Seth MacFarlane. By the way, for for hosts, I'm sure that'll go awesome. Um, anyways. About the Oscars, excluding the big six, best actor and supporting, best actress and supporting, best director and best film, how many categories can you name from the Oscars? And no, I'm not looking for a number. I'm looking for the categories. Two points each. Ready, roll. Screenplay. Editing. Screenplay. Editing. Um, Sorry. And adapted. Adapted. And I'll take original since you said the screenplay. What did you say, Jeff? I said art direction. Is that taken? Art direction is not on here. No, art the best. It's the best director. Best director is the yeah. Best right. director's already taken as the big cinematography, costume design. Boom, boom. Uh, uh, documentary animated. long and docu- documentary short subject. Boom, boom. Nice work. And I said animated. Yep. Animated. Animated short. Yep. Boom, boom. Um. Sound editing and just sound are two different ones, I think. Uh, there are two different ones. Visual effects. Yeah, <laughs> visual effects is one. I'm, there is another is it, sound. Is sound editing correct? Yeah, sound editing is correct. Um, a sound, uh, sound design. No. That's not what it's called. There's another sound one. I know there is. 15 seconds. Um, soundtrack. best original song. Original song. Yep. Um, soundtracks a little iffy. Um, score. Uh, score. Score. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, the last. Um, so you missed production design. Sound mixing was the other one. Mixing. Yeah, makeup and hairstyling, foreign language. Foreign um, language should have been an easy one. Live action short film, and I think that's it. You guys did pretty well. So, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen for a big. 26 points. Well done, people. Yeah. How much did you predict for us for that category? How are we doing? Many. Not that many. I was thinking right. 20 mark. Um, I figured you'd ignore sound, hit the foreign language, and forget the songs, but apparently you guys did pretty well. I actually watched the Oscars, so I'm. Yeah. <laughs> you watched the Oscars. Now. Your me. problem, not mine. <laughs> things are going to be things are gonna be getting a little more serious. Things are going to be a little more serious. And this is a hard one. I'm not expecting. I'm expecting. Five points, maybe, maybe a little more. Ash, Ash, it's in. Um, as anyone who's been listening for for four years now would know, Batman Forever is the greatest film of all time, according according to me. But the actors in this movie, Batman Forever, greatest movie of all time, weren't always famous. I will award you three points for every actor or actress's movie debut you can successfully name who was also in Batman Forever. This is practically impossible. All right. Top secret. Top secret is one. And I will tell you, I'll be a little lenient on some of the older people. If you can guess one of their early films, I'll count it. Days of Thunder. Commando. Please say who you're referring to. When Kidman. You... Nicole Kidman. Days of Thunder. Nope. That's too late. Um... And don't always. There are a couple people in this movie that. Um, E.T. for What's Her Face. I'll count it. Drew Barrymore is Drew Barrymore. E.T. Was, Ace Ventura was her second detective. Uh, not early enough. Uh, rubber mask. face. <laughs> rubber face. Beat oh, rubber wait. face. Wait, it's no, it's a vampire one. I think. 
like the last kiss or something. Kind of close. Yeah. 30 seconds. Uh, love at first bite. No? No. At Damn. first bite. No. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is in this movie. 15. There's one person that has a very little role that you could easily get if you knew who was in it. Tommy Lee Jones. Uh... Um, I'm going with Raiders Lost Ark for the guy who plays... Uh... <laughs> 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 Anyways, the detective. The cop. Um, no, no, he's not in this one. He's oh, in this damn one. it. Um... That's great, though. I do like that. <laughs> All right, time's up. Time's up. So, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I didn't expect you to get. I would have taken a lot of his early works, which are all just over the board. I've never even heard of any of them. Um, but uh, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey was once bitten. Was the was what you're trying to? So close. God that was his. That was his like fourth movie, but I would have accepted it because yeah. the first four just don't even make sense. Nicole Kidman's first three were uh, Bush Christmas. BMX Bandits and Will and Burke. I didn't expect you to get that. Fuck you. They're all Australian movies. How did you expect us to get any of these? Hold on. I didn't expect you to get Nicole Kidman or uh, Tommy Lee. But Chris O'Donnell, Son of a Woman, School Ties, Fried Green Tomatoes were three of his first four. So you could have gotten him. Drew Barrymore, I was hoping Jim would remember she was in it. And then John Favreau's in this movie, which yeah, was sort of a yeah, which was sort of a toss up. Uh, um, and his first one being Rudy, pretty much. What is sorry? Been. Not all of us watch it on a bi monthly basis. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> all right, so six points. Told you it's going to get harder. So told you it's going to get harder. Um, so okay. now that is going to be the wrap up of that round. We have twenty six, thirty two. All right, so you guys got thirty two points in round two. So that puts us at 59. Can't even talk. 59 total. Um, 36 round two. Is that what I said? I can't even talk now. 27 round one, 26, 32. Yeah. All right. You're at 59 points. Uh, You have to get to 75. Round three is the only thing standing your way. It's coming up. It's going to smash you in the face. We're on to round three of the ultimate movie quiz. It's been a uh, generous four years. We've made a lot of new friends, and we've helped many of those same people with their uh, budding movie careers. Out of those grateful few that call themselves friends of the show, how many of those people have the first name Michael? One point for each. Ten, if you can get them all. Ten extra. Ten bonus points. Yep. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Michael Moore. Michael Moore's on here. Michael Sarah? No. Um, Michael Ironside. Got it. Um, By the way, Michael Douglas wasn't on here. Oh, Jesus. Um, Mike Myers? Um, Not a friend of the show. Shame on you. Um, Michaels. Michaels. We had two recent ones. And me, I dedicated a whole year to obscure actors. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my bad. Um, Recently passed away. Huge friend of the show. Michael Clark Duncan. Thank you. Thank MCD 1400, MCD baby. For life. Um, I'm totally out of ideas here. Um, Talked about one earlier as a night. 
Um, oh my god. MCD. 25 seconds. Wow. I got... Oh, Michael Gambone. There you go. There you go. That was your episode, I believe. Uh, joke about somebody being murdered was uh, another Michael. Michael Jackson. There you go. There you go. Um, somebody we all love for all the movies he's done. God bless America. Nick Cage. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, one that pretty much got us blacklisted. Um, oh, what was his name? Oh, yeah, what is that kid's name? And time. Grandma. You yep. dickhead. Michael Rispoli was his Rispoli. name. <laughs> Michael Kane was missed. God bless his soul. Michael Bay was the one I dropped you with God bless America and you didn't get it. Who was? Michael Bay. Oh, Michael Bay. Michael Kane, oh, Silver Screen Movie Hour. And Michael Madsen's Madhouse Movie Hour. Sure, sure. So that's five points. Which puts us at what? 64. 64 total, 59 from the first two rounds. Yep. Here at the big dog for the final last question to the ultimate movie quiz. We play a numbers game. Is it worth 11 points? No, it's not worth 11 <laughs> points. Over the past four years, we've seen major Hollywood movie, Hollywood movie releases and some ridiculously high box office numbers. You guys are tasked with guessing how much money the top grossing movies of the last four years have made combined. You get, by default, the base is you're going to get 15 points. For every hundred, every cool 100 million you're off, you lose a point. So it is... So say this again. You need to add, you have to guess, you need to know, I guess, the last top grossing movies for the last four years. You need to know a number for the highest grossing movie the last four years. Add those together, and that's your guess. How many movies? Four. Four. So, so it's 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 the it's not the four top grossing. It's the top grossing from each year. Yep. From and each year? From each year. Wait, I'm totally confused now. I thought we were just getting four movies from the last... No, no. From each year. Um, so All right. So the leader for each year. 2011, what was, the, what was the biggest grossing movie? 2010. 2009, 2008. Then add them together, and that's a number. And that's your guess. I figured you'd probably just average at this point, but... I have a guess. <laughs> it is a random guess. I'm thinking... So uh, four... Well, we get to work on this together, right? Yeah, yeah, work on it together. So what's what's your guess, Jim? I'm guessing 1,750 million. 1.75 million? Yeah, because Dark Knight... Was two thousand eight or nine, right? One of those two, eight, and that made not as much as Avatar, which made seven hundred some. So I'm thinking six hundred some for that one. Um, I think Avengers is up there right now, so I think it's right around the five hundred range. I'm guessing. Okay. And I don't know what the other two are, but they're not that high. So I'm thinking like the four to three hundred range. Didn't Avengers surpass Dark Knight? Avengers is this year. I wouldn't. Avengers isn't part of it. Not part of it. Just, okay, so oh, Avengers no. isn't part of it. That's right, because it's 2011. It's the most recent that we're doing. Okay. So, so last four calendar years. Yep. Yep. That's correct. I would okay. definitely want to explain that. All right. So, bump that. Yeah, it's still right around there though. Like 600 to 400 to 400 and a 350. Yeah, I, I, don't I, have I think I think examples. more. I think. Um... 
Hmm. I think maybe two. Toy two, Story three made a lot of money. One. I'm trying to think of what I should give you if you guys win both showcases. Get it with two point one five. I mean, because there's a Harry Potter in there someplace. Yeah. What, what was the one you just said, Jim? Uh, the movie specific. I said Toy yeah. Story three made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're wrapping it up in thirty seconds. What's going to be your final answer? You want to go two fifteen? I'm not against that. I just I feel like it's got. I mean, Avatar alone made like over seven, right? So the other the other three combined must have made over over a bill. I totally even forgot about that. Yeah, let's go with two fifteen then. I'm fine with that. All right, so yeah, let's let's say two point one five million. All right, right, two point one five million is your is your bid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, the retail price of the four (laughs) top grossing movies being The Dark Knight, Avatar, Toy Story three. And Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Wow, we named all four movies. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, you named them all. Did a very good job. The total comes out at two billion seventy nine million. Oh wow, one hundred twenty seven thousand five hundred ninety six dollars. You guys got it within a hundred million dollars. You win both showcases. You win the ultimate movie. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you said two hundred seventeen. Two billion and seventy nine million. You guys guessed that. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. you guys guessed it within a hundred million dollars. Yeah. You guys nailed it. Holy yeah. God! And that's you win the chocolate, you win the factory, <laughs> you win everything. Like nice work. Holy cow! I did not expect it to be that close. That's ridiculous. So for a grand total, this is the numbers guy you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, you got seventy nine points. Which had you been four hundred million off, that would have been it. Had you guessed seventeen? Well, you're in cast one one seven five. You still barely would have won. Yeah, barely would have won. Um, actually, four. Yeah, yeah. I, even, I totally even forgot Avatar was within those that four year span. For some reason, I was thinking it was earlier. Yeah, um, and I I guess I didn't explain it or say it clearly, but yeah, two billion seventy nine million. Yeah, twenty seven thousand. Two billion one fifty. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Well done. And that is the end of the final ultimate movie quiz. Maybe you'll see it again. I don't know. It's the ultimate movie quiz. You never know. Might pop out, might hit you, blast you in the face. Um, we did uh, want to get to the final feature. I do like that the, ultimate movie. Yeah. The final feature of the, the podcast, the 200th episode would be the Parker Posey play along. Before we get to that, a quick shout out to a couple of movies. I had already mentioned before uh, North face, something you probably might not have seen. Hayao Miyazaki was kind of something I got in the last four years and uh, like Paranorman and cabin in the woods. You guys want to do quick, quick mentions of some movies that you guys noticed in the last four years uh yeah sure uh three ones that come to mind for me i've reviewed them all i think on the podcast uh 500 days of summer uh, yep. whims- whimsical romance relationship type movie uh mick max it's foreign film it's still making my list it might be my favorite foreign film not 100 percent sure uh by the director of amelie uh yep, same right. tone and then uh the movie once which is the movie about the musicians who fall in love Cool. Yeah, and that's great the, soundtrack. Yeah, and they, that was actually had a touching Oscar. So. And yeah, another foreign yeah. film. I'm yeah. like turning into a foreign film bump. Oh, shit. Or something. Shit. Jeff, crazy. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, three movies that I've spoken about before on the show. Uh, we'll start with Waltz with Bashir. This is my. This is like the the one movie that I'll just talk talk to anybody about. I think it's just 
a unique and fantastic movie, animated war movie about the uh, the conflict during the, I believe, 1980s between Israel and Lebanon and uh, just really, really tremendous movie. Uh, Synecdoche, New York, d- written and directed by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, Greg refuses to watch it's it. Sitting, it's sitting next to my TV as we speak. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. uh, really, but, a, but a really cool movie. I only got to see it once, but uh, really enjoyed it and thought there was a lot to it and I'd like to see it again. And uh, finally, Primer, a uh, 2004 movie, but it didn't come to my attention until quite a bit later. Very uh, independent, low-budget science fiction movie, but um, just very cool. A very, It's very different from most, if not all, the movies you see, and I, I really like it for that reason. Cool. Uh, there is, it's been kind of a, a long day, long night. Wrap of the podcast is the Parker Posey Play Along. It's uh, our question of the week. I answer it live. This one's actually going to be a generic throwout of – Favorite episode, favorite event, favorite thing that's happened in the last four years, guys. Like, what if you could pick something? It could be an episode. If you want to pick a favorite episode, knock yourself out. All of them are my children specifically, and I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to just pick one. Like, it's a Sophie's Choice situation there. But uh, favorite things that have happened: me stumbling and making fun of people that have died a couple times. I don't know why those are my favorite, but they end up being the thing we laugh about the most. Um, a lot of my Parker Posies were top-notch, and I just <laughs> didn't get them. Ice cream one. Ice cream. The, the multiple galaxy, multiple uh, universe one where we had to pick people that played us on the show. That was mine, too, and that was fantastic. Really, really terrible also. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> these are all bad. Why are you talking about these? Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep thinking about it. What you guys have anything that comes to mind? Jeff, what's your favorite, uh, favorite memory of the podcast? Um, you know, I mean – there have been so many times where we've just like busted out just laughing hysterically. And every time that we do that is my favorite time. It's the reason that we do this podcast, I think. Um, but I think if I had to pick like a favorite thing that I always go back to our 50th episode was just so good. There were so many great jokes. I, I just, I really, really got a kick out of that 50th episode. Yeah, that was definitely a good one. Um, mine, um, it's kind of on a selfish note. I actually enjoyed the uh, Music in May series. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but we did. Uh, it's one of the few quizzes I dominated Jeff in. Yeah, sure. crushed me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a totally audio clip, uh, you know, quiz, you know, identifying what movies they were and stuff. And I had a lot of fun putting that together. And music's a big part of me for you know movie watching so it was a lot of fun to to do that and i remember greg just mentioning that i was changing his mood and you know just you know playing these clips for him and that made it even more enjoyable yeah and it was a giant pain in the ass to make the interns edit yeah for sure i'll tell you yeah uh, extra thanks to greg for editing these over the years i've done a couple for him like you know subbing in and they are a pain in the ass yeah seriously 200 times greg has sat down well like 198 times greg has sat down that's probably pretty accurate (laughs) it's it's pretty impressive uh live listener josh and frequent guest host wants to bring up the limericks episode which is fantastic oh god i forgot about that that was great (laughs) but if you want we should should do that again this st patty's that was so fun (laughs) we should should uh if you want to do uh play along as the feature recommends we will be having the question at the gunga pit the home of the movie hour and uh, the spawn of all our ideas. And uh, guys, thanks again, 200, 200 time uh, for your input. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Drive safe people. 200 times telling you to drive safe. You should probably do it by now. Thank you everybody for listening to the 200th episode. Thank you so much. Guest hosts from the past, everyone listening, people that put in their input. Thank you so much. The Bill Clinton, four more years, movie hour. 
We'll see you next time. Hey guys, this is Jim P. Uh, just wanted to congratulate you guys on the 200th episode. And uh, also thank you for all the awesome shows uh, and on the opportunities I got to sit in, uh, giving me a platform to discuss how insanely brilliant the first Human Centipede movie was. Uh, can't wait for the next 200, you guys. See ya. Hey fellas, it's me, Josh. Uh, the, the real Josh, not Mr. Josh. As a backseat driver of this shit show, in the man in the cockpit of Gunga Pit West, uh, it's bittersweet to weigh in on the 200th episode. Bitter because it reminds me that I've had to listen to each of the 199 fecal nuggets you guys dropped on the world. But sweet, because I get to drink the nectar of Greg's velveteen voice, alongside James's sage-like movie wisdom. All while Jeff giggles in the back uh, background like a hyena making sweet love of your Aunt Millie. This utter dreamboat combination unfolded before our very eyes over the past four years. And I'm glad to have been able to navigate a few episodes toward a slightly darker shade of horrible. Uh, I guess if there's one thing I have to say to you rhesus monkeys on the 200th, it's this. Don't let the fame change you. Uh, and with that, congratulations, fellas. Here's to another two or three episodes with a merciful euthanasia thereafter. Peace out. Okay, sweet. Gunga cast. Have we come up with a name for it yet? No, no, we haven't. Gunga cast, Frank Stallone's ice cream parlor. Are you sure you don't want to? Sure you don't want to go with the Gary Sinise fan club movie hour? <laughs> fan club movie hour. Oh man, it's pretty good. Come on, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's hard to say. I, I might, I might stumble over it. The Gary Sinise yeah, fan funny. club movie hour, right? All right. Yeah, we can we'll go with that this everybody. time. We'll go with that this time. But then we'll pick yeah, another I one. I kind of like that idea. We'll go. We'll pick. <laughs> Just change the yeah, name. Yeah, every. yeah. We'll call it the Gunga Cast. This episode of the of Gunga Cast. Uh, maybe we'll just maybe Pick our the number, name the name the name of the show will be the name of the episode. How's that? Like Gary Sinise's fan club fan club movie hour. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>